righty, here we go. Episode 58, Racing News Podcast. We're back. We're now uh, smack bang in the middle of February. This year is is ticking away quicker. But, um, Kyle, I imagine it's ticking away quicker for someone who's in marathon preparation because this most of us are looking at months at the moment, but you're starting to look at weeks. So as as we talk about, I'm, I'm going to cut you off a couple of weeks here. I've got you down to eight, but it can't be eight, can it? It's got to be nine. Is that right? No, it's eight. It's eight. It's eight. <laughs> no, actually, I was on the Canberra Marathon website yesterday, and they've got the countdown in days. So it's fifty-six yep. days. So See, well, it's just down. under fifty-six. So that's starting to get quite low. So yeah, I'd, now I'd, I'd fifty. Be, I'd be sticking to weeks now if I was you. Eight weeks is better than fifty-six days, definitely. Yes. So, I uh, so I had a look at your Strava this morning. So you've been on a, a, a quite a big run down to Broadbeach this time. You came south a little bit. So tell us about this long run you've been on this morning and the, the yeah. approach to it. Because we did a good podcast on Patreon last week about the long run. So, um, yeah, talk us through this one. Well, we wanted to mix it up a little bit. The last two weeks we've done the loop from kind of starting out near our place, kind of around Paradise Point. This one, the plan was to go a little bit easier, not quite as hard, a few less hills, just kind of one of those long runs. We'll just tick it off we kind of broken this kind of training block into this first part. And then there's this middle six weeks, which are going to start kind of from this week through to when we start tapering, which is the main kind of six week block that we're trying to get done. So this was just one of those long runs that we just wanted to tick off. Nothing fancy. We weren't going to try and run too fast. And yeah, we just ticked 30 K. So a touch shorter than what we did last week. Ticked off 30. I actually had yesterday off as well. So I was felt quite fresh and, and good this morning. So now we've yeah. got this six week big training block training block coming up but yeah this morning's one was i hadn't actually run that exact loop before so we started at main beach and then ran in through southport on a through ashmore in then turned left and then went towards royal pines over the over the narang river in through carrara hit pacific fair and then back along the beach to main beach oh, so right. it was actually quite a nice little loop that we did and i always find it so much easier when i just make a new loop that i haven't run before we were saying yeah. on the run this morning that we kind of rocked up at the beach and we didn't know whether we were just going to do kind of an out and back along the beachfront or do this loop that I'd, I'd had a look at. And it just, I'm so glad we chose to do this loop because time just went so much faster when you, again, you don't know your kilometer splits, you just mm. switch off and, and run. So yeah, we had a good run. Everyone kind of felt good and yeah, we, we got to the end and we all felt like we could have kept going. So that was a good sign, but yeah, that kind of feels like it's kind of broken up this first part of the training block. Now we ticked it off. We're fresh. And now we've got this kind of main six week block, before we taper so it's it's getting close now that i'm talking about a six-week block of training and then and then that's it yeah so at, how far into ashmore southport did you go did you get all the way to trinity lutheran that kind of area yeah yep i said i said we're going to run until we see maccas and then we're going to turn left that yep. was our plan so we went through there and it's good through there because there's just a few of those rolling hills and that's what i said to the guys not that i've run canberra but i think this will be a little bit more what it's like in canberra where there's nothing too steep it's just these little rolling, pinchy hills. So we got some good practice mm. just running, running over these rolling hills, and everything felt good this morning. So, yeah, another another successful long run. I think we've kind of strung together like a good half a dozen of these long runs in the last six weeks, and I felt really good on every single one. It's probably been one of my pick of the week as far as the mm. runs and how I felt. So I'm obviously putting some of those, so some of those tactics that I went through on the podcast last week <laughs> into place. I feel like well, I executed I was... them well. I was going to ask you actually, have you had a bad long run? So you pretty much just said no then. So, because most people experience a couple, don't they, in a training block? Just a couple that just don't feel great. Have you had one of those yet? 
Not in this block. I've had my fair share of those runs. I'll never forget we did the the big loop, which Paul Tierney took me on a few times down in northern New South Wales. And, you know, his group that have run marathons for, you know, years and years and years, they've run that loop for decades. So it's a 37 or 38-kilometre loop down in northern New South Wales, and it's got about a 1,000 metres of climbing, and it's just this tough loop. It's not technical or anything. And I've had some absolute doozies on that loop where just <laughs> I'm walking up the hill, just up the road, just absolutely spent out of water and just had some shockers. So I've learned my lessons from years ago trying to do these big long runs and not preparing well. So, so far, this training block's been good. I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to have one or two of these just terrible yeah. mornings. But so far, I've only really probably got, we'll talk about this morning, probably got, you know, say six big long runs left just on a mm. Sunday long run. So there's not too many to go. So I'm hoping I can tick off another another half a dozen of them feeling good. But so far, so far, so good. And of course, you got that infamous one uh, that Henry's mentioned to me a few times. When was it up through Tamarind? Oh, yeah, it was like one. it was a birthday present. Wasn't it? Was about a birthday present on that one? So that <laughs> I got a message of Henry this time. He's like, "Do you want to come and do this loop? It'll be twenty-eight k's." Uh, okay, it was my it was my birthday that day, and I think I was maybe a month after I'd done the hundred k at Tarawera. So I hadn't really trained too much in the few weeks leading up to it, and I thought, oh, you know, my birthday run, this will be good. I'll get to run somewhere new. And I hadn't run on any of these trails before. And I said to Henry the night before, like, is it road? Is it trail? Like, you know, how long is it going to take us? And he's like, oh, half road, half trail. And I was like, oh, okay. I just took my belt thinking, you know, maybe two, three hours. I had a couple of flasks on me, a couple of gels. And then we kind of started running and it was, this was early March and it was still mm. really warm and humid this day. So I was kind of going through my fluid and this run, I, th- I can't remember how far we ended up running. It would have been close to 35 or 40 Ks all up. <laughs> I ran out of water multiple times and I can remember getting up to the top of Tambourine and just I had to lay on the side of the road. I thought I was just going to pass out. And Henry and Jake had to go into some random house to their tap on the side <laughs> of their house to fill up my bottles because I was so dehydrated. And I remember just thinking, I'm like, oh, well, Henry's a doctor. He'll be right. He'll look after me. I'll get home. And <laughs> the last probably 10 Ks of that run, I can barely remember. I just had to run. Luckily, it was all downhill yeah. down to where the cars were. But that was that was almost tougher than any race I've actually done. That was probably the worst position I've been in mid-run in a long time. So, yeah, definitely had some shocking long runs. Well, we've, that was a good birthday <laughs> present. Thank you, Henry. We've chatted about this, haven't we? Just when we've been at Wednesday Walkers a few times, we want we want the listeners at, at home. If you know when you've had a shocking long run and you've bonked really badly, and you've looked at the Strava graph where the graph just <laughs> deteriorates really badly. If you're brave enough to send it to us and so that we can make a bit of a collage of these on Instagram, it'd be great. I'm going to go because I've had some shockers as well, Kyle, and, and you have to find that one that you did with Paul Tierney or the Tambourine one. If you've had a really bad one, screenshot it, send it through to us because it'd be good to see how bad some long runs have gone because so often running goes really, really nicely. And, and the way you're talking, Kyle, like it's just been a, a beautiful build, but that's often not the reality, is it? Like, No, not at all. Like, not at all. And I've had some shockers. And we talked about this. We were going, I can't remember what we were going to call it, maybe something like off the cliff or something, because yeah. you look at your Strava <laughs> splits, it just drops off a cliff. And I've got some yeah. absolute beauties within old races and training runs where I've absolutely blown to smithereens. So I'm going to try and get a collection of those together over yeah. the next few days, and we'll, we'll put them up and people can send us our their best off-the-cliff moments on Strava because I think there'll be some absolute beauties. My one that comes to quick recollection is the um, GC – in the GC50, I did the 30-kilometre when it used to be the 30, and that was only the days when I was just run a half marathon. That's all I could ever do. And I thought, oh, 30Ks won't be too bad. You know, it's December. How bad can it be? And coming back through Burley with about 7 or 8K to go, just literally walking like – like that famous footage of the woman in the 84 the Los Angeles Olympics where she crosses the line like bent over – 
that was me for the last six or seven kilometers. So I don't know if I've still got that because that might, that might be on a Nike app somewhere or a Garmin. Can you just imagine you doing that? And I can imagine these people just like sitting in the park at Burley or something, <laughs> just, you know, tourists on the Gold Coast have no idea what's going on, yeah. just enjoying their, their morning tea. And you yeah. come hobbling past them and they're just going, what are these people doing? You look like it was an absolute madman. It was a mess. So, um, <laughs> well, hopefully, touch wood, Kyle, you won't have one of those in the build-up to, well, to Canberra. Yes, but... Fingers crossed. Hopefully not that bad. Look, if I if I do something and end up like that, something's gone seriously wrong. But, but the know, other so thing I wanted to, good. to talk about was how, I mean, most of us when we do our long runs, like you said, you, would, you had the concept that you were going to just run south along the beach. But... We actually have some decent rollers when you head inland, don't you? That's why I asked about how far into Ashmore did you go, like Ashmore and Southport and Parkwood for the north end, and I imagine down at the south end as well. There's, there's some really good rolling hills, and I know you said you've got some of your athletes. You talked about this on the podcast about not always going onto the trails, even if you are going for a trail race, but to actually run rolling hills if you are, even if you are training for a trail event. We've got some rippers, haven't we, inland? Yeah, and I think it's probably just because it's not as you know pretty to look at. There's not the scenery that we get, obviously, on the beach or on the trails. But there's some – I reckon if we went and mapped out parts of the Gold Coast, there'd be some really, really good runs with, you know, exactly whatever elevation you want, and you could run the whole thing still. So I think there's there's loops all over the place, and that's kind of what I've been trying to do lately is just work out some of these ways that we can make a big loop where we also finish back at the right distance. Like there's something nice mm. about finishing a loop off and not having to do extras. Like even this morning we had to do a couple of K, like probably two Ks past the car. And mm. even then I was like, oh, if only I'd made this loop just slightly longer and we'd finish yeah. perfectly. But if you plan them, you can find those loops and you know, there's nothing better than a good loop. I'm, I got to the point where I was just like, oh, I'm kind of bored with these out and backs along the beach. I've run that long run over yeah. the years so many times. And I'm like, oh, just I need to change the scenery a little bit. And it was actually like the scenery of running through Southport and Ashmore. Not that mm. it's that many great sites, but it was better than necessarily just running along the beach, even though it was a nice morning. So I think just changing it up is also a nice thing. Yeah. And and I think you mentioned actually on the podcast, you did on the Patreon channel about the long run was that you can go onto Strava, can't you? And you can plan the route beforehand. You can map it out. You can see the elevation. So I think it was uh, yesterday morning, I did 20K and I ended up getting 200 metres of vertical, which doesn't sound like much when you're considering trail running. But over a road run, that's actually quite up and down. There's very, very few sort of flat sections. So to to get, you know, that match, even if it's just, you know, 10 metres a kilometre on the road, still is pretty good. Because like you said in the podcast, you end up running the hills where, as opposed to, to walking them. So... Um, yeah, the Strava feature is brilliant to actually make the loop before you go. Um, and yeah, I mean, when I remember cycling through Jacob's Well and uh, sorry, Jacob's Creek and that sort of area up the northern end of the Gold Coast, you get some really good rolling hills up there as well. So yeah, there's plenty around. Inland, mm. I think, is the key, isn't it, Kyle? Get off the yeah, beach. Not too inland, <laughs> just just a bit inland. Just that no. grey zone that runners don't ever run in between the beach and the and the trails. There is some nice things in there. Yeah. And what about your workouts this this fortnight? Have yeah, they gone? It's been a, a really good fortnight. And so I suppose we'll go like I probably had not this week, just gone the week before. I did my normal Monday run, normal double, took the group out in the rain Monday morning. Mm. And then Tuesday we did 3K, 2K, 1K, 4 by 400 meters. And this is one of those ones that it was, this was the really hot morning where yeah. that like it was just really humid and hot. I think I was driving down to Main Beach at about 4.30 and it was 27 degrees and I thought, oh, this is just going to be a tough run. And I'd messaged a bunch of my athletes that were doing sessions that next morning and just said, we're going to change like the recoveries, you know, you can just stop and rest for the recoveries, make sure you've got water with you. And then we planned for this session that we were going to do all of our all of our reps back and finish back at the same point so we could stop, have actual rests between reps 
have our drink bottles there and everything and kind of adjust the paces accordingly. And I think doing that probably allowed us to have a really good session because there was a good group of us there and we actually ran that session quite well and everyone felt really good, even though it was mm. quite warm. So just those few little changes probably allowed that one to be pretty good. And I think like we ran all our splits kind of exactly what we wanted and, and everyone felt really good. So that was a nice just considering the conditions. I don't think we could have got any more out of that session. Um, but yeah, that was that was Tuesday. Wednesday again was super hot and humid. Those two days I think were some of the worst days we'd had in, in quite a mm. while. Um, so I kind of just got through easy running Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we did, uh, a 10 K over under. So this is the session Luke and I did a few weeks back where we did eight K of over under. So it's where we just go a little bit slower, a little bit faster, kind of over and under that marathon place. And this one felt pretty good. It was another kind of humid run, but we, I think we were around, I just remember off the top of my head, about three forties and then down to about three twenty eights, three twenty five, three twenty eights. I think for the, for the on Ks. And yeah, it felt it was one of those sessions that just kind of ticked it off, finished feeling like I would have kept going and done another couple of reps if I had to. And yeah, that was a good session, jog Saturday. And then we did 32Ks on the Sunday and we kind of got rolling pretty well on this one. I think we averaged about 4.15 for the 32Ks and just, again, one of those long runs where everything just felt amazing and we kind of pushed, same as we'd done the week before, that last 10Ks through Parkwood on those rolling hills. And yeah, that was another good kind of week. I did 122 0.7Ks last week. So that was one of yeah. my best, probably those two sessions in the long run, as far as the weeks I've had, that was probably one of the best weeks I'd had and finished feeling fresh and feeling really good. So I was very happy with that week. I thought, you know, I'm still nine weeks out at that point. I don't want to get too carried away with myself, but mm. everything was just, everything's feeling really good at the moment. So we just got to hope that I can keep that rolling. And then this week, same Monday that I normally do. Tuesday morning we did, and again, I said to you, you were there for this session as well. It's probably one of the best workouts I've ever had. Um, we did eight by 1K, but we alternated between, I did the first or the odd reps on 3.15 and then we did the even reps. We started at 3.05 and then worked our way down. And I think I my last, I went 3.15 or 3.14 for all of my odd reps. I think I went 3.05, like 304, 302, 3, and 255 for my even reps, which they kind of just splits that I haven't run before. And it was probably a little bit cooler on this morning as well. And and Jack and I got to run this session together for all the reps and kind of got to push each other a little bit. And it felt amazing. I finished that session and just, it was one of those runs where my legs felt good, everything clicked. I kind of almost felt like I was on the brakes a little bit. And I said to you afterwards, I said, oh, I need a race. <laughs> like I still, I'm two, I'm two and a half to yeah. two months away from Canberra. I need, I need something coming up. So and as we kind of chat about, there's just not a whole lot of, of road events on around Southeast Queensland at the moment. So I'm potentially looking at things over the next month or so to have a little bit of an effort, whether I do travel for a race or we plan a little bit of a hit out and have our own little kind of mini race effort in the next month or so. But that was just one of those runs that I think Jack and I both messaged each other later that morning, just on an absolute runner's high, just going, this yeah. is the best thing ever. Like just we were buzzing for the whole morning after that one. It was well, it was talk us through good runs. Talk us through that final rep because, I, as I said, I was there for that morning and I'd finished mine. So I got to see you guys come in after the seventh one. And and as we, you guys were walking back to where the rep started, Jack said there's a bit of pressure on this. And I didn't know what he meant until afterwards because obviously you'd done – was it three minutes he'd done for the previous one or 3.02, did you say, for the previous For the eight? previous faster one, yeah. 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 So you knew that you were going to have to go three minutes or quicker, which, as you said before, you haven't really done in training before. So just talk well, us it wasn't- through – I suppose for that, me, that, I'd, that. I'd said to Jack, and you know, I think he was he was liking the fact that it was progressing quite evenly on these faster reps. Yeah. I would have been happy to run whatever on that last rep. I felt like I'd got what I needed out of that session, but at the same time, like I said, I kind of 
I don't know why everything just clicked on that day. I felt like I was just almost putting the brakes on a little bit in some of these reps, which was just a big confidence boost. And I thought, oh, stuff it, I'm just going to run this last rep hard and you know run it right through to the end and see how I feel. And I think we, we were doing these reps where we would go out the first 500 around a roundabout and then back to the start starting point. Mm. And I think we looked down at our watch at, at the roundabout and it was you know, 254 or 255 or something like that. And I thought, okay, this is probably just a little bit too quick, but we both felt good. And you know, then it was mm. just holding on for that last minute and running hard. And yeah, that was probably the fastest rep I've run that I've ever run. Yeah. And in those reps, where do you, where do you fatigue? Are you fatiguing uh, from a, from a lactic sort of acid point of view? Do you get that heavy leg feeling or are you more, I'm out of breath? I can't push well, this is, this was probably one of, that's why I reckon it was one of the best. That's why I said to you, one of the best sessions I've had because nothing really, except for the last probably minute of that last rep, everything felt really controlled. Yeah. Like it was one of those reps where I knew I was working hard, but nothing in particular was bothering me too much. So I've never really like, Normally in these sessions, it's either like my breathing, my heart rate's going through the roof, my legs are you know screaming at me. Whereas this is one of those runs, they probably were, my heart rate was high, but everything just felt somewhat in control on pretty much all of the reps. So except for that last minute, it was one of those ones where I didn't feel my, like my legs were slowing me down at all. Like my heart rate was getting up and I could tell that, but it wasn't out of control. Like sometimes mm. I think we get to on these sessions. So yeah, it was one of those sessions where, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but everything just clicked very, very nicely on that one. So that was a... Like I said, a big confidence boost to also just feel the slightly cooler temperatures and, you know, know that there's some exciting times to come over the next few months. It starts to cool down a little bit. But yeah, but that's the deal in Queensland, isn't it? Like like put in the work over the summer with with control and with obviously a bit of intelligence behind it. And then when that cooler season hits, then bang, you just become a different weapon altogether, don't you? And well, that's, I think that was kind of what we got a, a little glimpse of the hard work we've put in over yeah. the summer this last probably six weeks. We've all been training really well. And just, you know, we haven't been setting the world on fire with our splits or times or anything, but we've just been really consistent about getting the effort right. And I, that's what I've said to them lots of times, like we'll feel rubbish through summer and, you know, the splits don't look like what you think they should because it's so hot. But as soon as it cools down and then you run at that same effort again, next minute you look down at your watch and you go, oh, I'm actually significantly fitter than I thought I was. So mm. I think that was just a little bit of a glimpse. Temperatures cooled down probably, you know, five or six degrees cooler than what we've been training in the last month. Yep. And yeah, we all had and- a really good session. And like you said, that run is high after a good workout. Like I know long runs are good, but when you have a session like that, a speed session or tempo session, and you hit everything and you recover so as well, like like you said, through the day, you just are on a phenomenal run is high, aren't you? Because you feel like far out, I'm ready. And like you've said, you're now searching for a race going, I have to use this. I've got, I've got to get something out of this. I can't just have a training yeah, race. It's a tricky situation. And people have probably been in a situation where, you know, if things are going poorly, it's just, okay, I've just got to get myself through to this race. But mm. if you're at the other end of the scale where you're going, things are going really well, it's like, well, do I just, do I keep training and just keep progressing? Do I pull back and try and have a bit of a race? Do I use it? It's, it's a good problem to have, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment of going, you know, I feel like I could just, you know, be patient and just consistently build over the next six weeks and taper. But mm. at the same time, if a race pops up in the next couple of weeks and I can kind of do a little mini taper for that and it breaks up the next six weeks for me, then I'll potentially jump in and do something like that as well. But yeah, at the moment, I've just got to keep things keep the ball rolling and, and keep doing what I'm doing because everything's feeling good. So fingers crossed, again, the goal is to feel good in eight weeks' time, yeah. not today. Yes, so have we have we got anything? You mentioned that there's not much local in terms of road racing. Is there is there Queensland three like would you do three thousand meter track? Because is that coming up? Was that too short? Yeah, that's that? in a couple of weeks. But again, 
you know, it's probably something I could just jump in if it, if it works and I can get up there just to have fun, but it's yeah. not, you know, it's not really a race that I'm that interested in. But I, and I said to you on um, Tuesday, like I'm, I'd love to do a 10 K at the moment. It's probably my one mm. PB that I feel like I've got a lot of room to move on compared to the other ones at the moment. So I'd said to you before we started recording, there's a race down in Hobart in a couple of weeks, which I've kind of half looked at and thought, you know, is it worth trying to get down there and, and jump in a fast 10 K and just, have a crack at that so that's yeah. something i've been considering but again i'll probably just look around and see if there is anything anywhere else over the next you know, three or four weeks and if yep. there's nothing that works then you know we might organize and do our own little mini taper and you know have a a big key session which you know probably just looks like we're training too hard but we might do that as a race effort and you know yeah have a bit of a hit out between all of us over the next month but we'll see what happens I guess the benefit, the good thing about that Hobart race is that looking at the names who were in it last year, it's a chance for you to be on the start line with some big Australian names, isn't it? That'd be, in terms of motivation, that'd be huge to say that you're in the mix within a couple of minutes of some of the Australia's best. Yeah, it'd be good. I'd probably see them for like the first like 30 seconds and then be by myself after that. So, <laughs> no, I don't think I would see them for very long at all. But, no, we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Well, yeah, thanks for that. that. Things are going well. My training's been going well, but Tom, tell us we've been ignoring your training for the last <laughs> two months. Tell That's us okay. what's been happening because you're back running. Give us a run oh, of what's uh, been happening because people well, will be interested how you've been um, doing over the last month. So what did I say? At the start of January, didn't I? I said patience is the key. And um, so I've seen you quite a few times from a physio point of view and and you've pretty much backed that up and just said, just be patient, just ease into it. And it's it's gone really well. The last two or three weeks, you know, I've, I've got a bit of hiking in on the weekend, which was nice. So I did a bit of a hike today and a bit of a hike last week for a bit longer. Um, I managed to get 20 K in yesterday, which was good. Um, I did actually feel at the, at the back end of the 20 K, I actually felt it. I was like, Oh geez, I'm, I was okay for an hour. And then after that, I was like, right, there, there's the fitness that I need to get back. But look, I, I haven't actually said it yet. So it, I don't have any pain at the moment whatsoever in my ankle, which is good. Um, Yourself and a few others have said now this is the, the time that really requires attention and focus in terms of patience because this is where you can push too hard. You think that everything's fine. You think your ankle's good. But, of course, it's not just your ankle that hasn't worked for the last three and a half months. It's your calves and it's your quads and it's your hammies and your Achilles and all those things. And I did actually touch wood. I did actually say to you, didn't I, on Tuesday or Friday or something, do you get people coming into the, the physio clinic who – you heal them for one injury and then they're back two weeks later because they've overcooked their calf or something like that. So that's, I guess, what I'm trying to avoid. Um, but I, if you'd offered me this three weeks ago, um, I would have ripped your arm off. So it's it, it couldn't be better at the moment. So um, I, yeah, I managed to jump in the session with you guys on Tuesday and do some some 1Kers, which were a little bit quicker than I thought I was capable of. And the calves pulled up okay. As I said, yesterday's long run was an hour 35 for 20k so probably you know i'm feeling it a little bit today just not in my ankle but just in those other points a little bit in the achilles a little bit in the calf so i guess that's a good reminder to still be patient and not get too carried away um but yeah i it 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 changes your life doesn't it to get getting back to that routine getting back to that structure getting back to that we've spoken about this in the past that you get to a certain stage in your own running or sport where it's it's just the social element. Like I'm back jogging with you guys on a Wednesday morning for an hour. And so you get to chat for an hour or I get to do the warm up with you guys on a Tuesday. And and so it's, yeah, you get those things back in your life, which you kind of have been missing. And it's nice when you're on a bike and you can get out and cycle or you can join in for a coffee at the end, but to be able to get out and jog again is, is brilliant. So 
Yeah, what are we, halfway through February? I've got a ticket for um, Hens Dam next weekend, which I'm going to use, but that's obviously, <laughs> that's going to be a real, you know, put the restraints on for that one. That's, I'm not going to try, I'm, I'm not going to try and not go out with the leaders up those stairs and across the damn wall. So, um, I don't know, maybe I should just book an appointment with you for the Monday morning afterwards and just, just in case. So I've got that coming silly. up. I hope I do not see your name on the yep, first thing yep. next week. So but that's no. gonna be a that's gonna be a big moment trying to hold back, I guess, on that one. Um and then I've got a ticket for the Andina um twenty one K in when's that late March. So yeah, i yeah. you know, I've I'll start to get back into Narang a bit next month for a f- maybe a couple of hours on the weekend. Um, I'm doing Wednesday walk, uh, Wednesday afternoon with the boys, just sort of jogging, running a goat loop. So it's great. It's, it's as I said, I'm, I can't help smiling at the moment and you kind of need an injury, don't you? Some sort of injury just to make you realize that this isn't, you can't take this for granted. Getting up and exercising every day, you know, you can't take it for granted. It's, it is a very special thing. And when, you know, I hadn't been injured for three, four, five years, nothing at all, barely had been out for a week at all. Uh, and then to be forced to take three and a half months off, it's, you know, it's it's been a good wake up. And it also it's been good because it's made me realise what I have to do for longevity. I think I was, I, I kind of lost sight of that. I know now how much patience, not just in recovery for, from an injury, but also in my training is going to make make sure that I'm here when I'm 50 or 60 or 65. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. But I feel I'm coming back. My it's run, good. it's good. My run, good down, my run down under, yeah, my rundown under finishing date was blowing out, and now it's just plateaued. It's sitting now at like July the twenty first. It's not moving from that, so that's okay because I was I was losing weeks and months and uh, all sorts of things. But yeah, but I'll let you know how uh, how the short course race goes at at um, the Hens Dam next week. But we do we've got a lot to chat through, Kyle. This this episode we've got the SEQ from Bunyaville, which was last weekend. The Go Figure, which is coming in as we speak at the moment. That was a most ultras are on a Saturday, but the go figure was was today. So those results are sort of coming in, particularly the longer distance. Um, Dust or Dawn was last weekend. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk a bit about Goat Loop. And then, Kyle, we'll chat through the exciting news from UTMB, the positives and negatives. I thought I'd ask you about your your pros and cons for the uh, the new race in Australia. But before we get into it, the Yandina 5.0, who uh, run Queensland, they've, talked, they've obviously helped us out a lot with... Um, with the Summer Goat series, and we we drew the raffle uh, about a week ago, but they actually just announced their finisher prizes, which are great. They've got those. I don't know if everyone's seen it on Facebook or Instagram. They've got those massive beer bottle sort of finishes, and I think for the fifty k, you get it's almost like a two liter sort of beer bottle, and I think the twenty twenty one k, it's like a, a liter or a bit more, um, and the shorter race gets a pint glass. So another great uh, initiative from the guys at Run Queensland. We said at Beerwire at night they had the, the car seat towels. Uh, and now they've got sort of massive beer bottles, which I'm hoping you can sort of fill up at the end and take away That's from Trailer Brewery. Surely that would make sense. That would make sense exactly why they've done it. But yeah, how good's that going to be? A free fill. That should be it, shouldn't it? You finish, you get the bottle straight over, fill it up with whatever you want, and away you go. But um, Kyle, SEQ, round number five, Bunyaville. Uh, quite an issue. We, ben Deneen was on the microphone at the finish line, so he sent us through uh, the, the handwritten results. Course records and a couple of, yeah. I don't know, are they, are they upsets? I said to you in the week it's an upset, but you said no, it's probably not upset. It's just a good <laughs> result. So let's go through them. I'll go through the females. You can do the male. So um, in the females, so Alana Dix, short course, 43-52. Um, she looks like she's got that short course series kind of wrapped up. Um, Veronique Apps, 43-28, and Rebecca Essat in 44-59. 
the long course, Murphy Rankin wins again, 114.46. She was only 40 seconds off the course record. And I think that's four victories from five for Murphy there. So that's complete domination. Um, here's an interesting one. Kate Watson and Erin Robertson's second and third. Erin Robertson was second, 123. Kate Watson was third, 126, which means Erin closes the gap slightly on Kate for second and third, which that's going to be interesting. Good little video came out about Erin in the week, actually, a little two-minute short documentary about her running. Um, so if you haven't seen that on YouTube, jump on that and have a look at it. That was a really good. But Erin, that's that's a good result for her, to beat Kate by three minutes, you know, with three more races to go. She potentially could close that gap and move into second. We presume Murphy's got it. Uh, she's pretty going to take out the win. But, um, yeah, watch the, watch the Erin versus Kate battle over the next couple of races to see who gets second and who gets third there. Um, what about in the males, Kyle? You got the males there? Course records. Yeah, course Galore. records. I know. So we had two course records in both, well, a course record in both the short and long course. But in the short course, Kerry Stewart, another familiar name in the short course SEQ series over the years, he ran 38-18. And then here was a little upset we were talking about. And so Brian Wilder got beaten for the first time in the series. He ran 34-08. And Clayton Moore, another familiar name who's done a lot of these a lot of these races. And I don't know if he, I don't think he would have beaten Brian before. Um, and I'd say he probably has raced Brian a few times. Mm. He ran 32.51. I think it's a seven seconds he took off uh, David Barton's uh, course record there. So that's a cracking run from Clayton. That's almost a little breakthrough run on the trails for him because I think he's been back in like kind of podium positions for the last couple of years. So for him to go and take one of the big course records is... It's he's a young fella, run. I think. Is he, he's quite yeah, he's in the 19 and under age group, so wow. a teenager. So and what's Brian in? Brian is in the 50 to 59. <laughs> so it's a good battle between between those two. But, yeah, that's a great run from, from Clayton. And, obviously, Bunyaville's a reasonably – there's a few little windy parts of it, but there is some reasonably runnable sections on there as well. So he's obviously running well on the on the smooth stuff at the moment, and he's taking out the, the win and course record. And mm. I can remember because I was there that day that David – set that course record oh, right. at Bunyaville. I was second that day. He smashed me that day. <laughs> so I don't know what my time was, but definitely slower than what Clayton, what Clayton ran. And I remember running it going, geez, he's flowing there. That's going to be a hard one to beat. And Clayton's gone out and beaten it. So that's also like we were laughing about this Wednesday. This is That was the second time that a David has beaten me and smashed the course record. So I'm no longer yeah. racing if there's a David on the start list, I've decided. That's my, my rule. So I'll be checking out the, the Canberra start list and cancelling my race <laughs> if there's any Davids. That makes sense. That's fair enough. <laughs> but that fair was the, that was a short course. So we we had a course record there, and like you said, a bit of an upset there for Brian to get second. But great to see Clayton come out and and get the win as well. Um, and yeah, then in the the long course, this was the one that probably surprised me a little bit more because we had just over around two minutes taken mm. off Andy Day's course record, which Andy obviously you know won the series last year and you know was hard to beat. I don't think he lost in any of those races. Um, so for one of his course records to go down again from someone other than Jack was good to see. So obviously mm. Jack wasn't there for this one because he's won all the other ones. So Matthew Thompson was third in 109.29. Luke Davison was second, 108.09. And then Tom Grieve has run 103.07. So five minutes ahead of second, and he's taken two minutes off Andy's course record. So two minutes over an hour is, you know, that's a substantial amount of time. Do you know, Tom? Do you know Tom Grieve? 
No, he's only, I think he's a triathlete from around here. We, yep. you know, of course, Jack had done a, a decent amount of having a look around at this person after this had, after this had happened and was quick to remind me that he'd actually beaten Tom in a previous race. So hopefully Tom's listening and they can have a little battle and a little rivalry and hopefully he's running his dam so Jack can race him. But yeah, he took two minutes, two minutes off his off Andy's record. So he might be a little bit of a threat for Jack if, if those two meet, which would be good to see them have a good race. We should get Jack in as a uh, like the Strava detective, shouldn't we? If we don't know who someone is, we just bring in Jack, and he can because he he does a bit of bit of online looking, doesn't he? Of uh, of Strava people whenever someone's around. But I'm Luke, pretty um, sure he's got to the point now. Oh, I don't know if you've heard the story with Jack on his long run on the weekend. I'm pretty sure he got recognised as Jack from Strava. Now, I don't know the details <laughs> on this, but I reckon he's absolutely loved that. So from now on, yeah. he will be Jack from Strava. That's Jack's Not new sure. name. Not sure Jack Day will be too happy about that, though. uh, um, And Luke Davison, that's a good run from him. Now, that's interesting because he's towing the line for the Endina 5-0. He's one of the starters for that. So that's that's an interesting – it's a good hit out this this far out from the Endina 5-0 to be – you know, although he's five minutes behind Tom Greaves' time, like he said, he's only a couple of minutes behind Andy Day's course record as it stood before. So, um, yeah, look, you'd, you'd imagine that it's it's the long course is still Jack's, and you'd imagine the short course is still Brian's, unless yeah. some something dramatic so. happens in those. Um, but of course, yeah, we head over to Hens Dam next weekend, which is always a big favourite event down here. Very fast race. This was uh, this was where you raced Dave Vernon last year. Was was it yeah. Hens Dam? You raced him. It was Hens Dam. That was already a year ago. So he's still got the course record on the short course. I was looking at this, and yeah, we've also got. I was having a look. Sarah Parkinson. So she's got. I think four of the short course female course records. So she's still got the the short course record there. And then long course. So Andy Day, this is another one of his course records. This is from last year when Jack nearly caught him at the end and mm. Andy just stayed ahead. So that's up for grabs. And then Christy, Christy Windmill, a good friend of ours. She's got the female course record. So we will see whether some more course records can get broken. But yeah, another David course record in the short course is going to be potentially under threat depending on who who shows up. So was this the famous race where Courtney Atkinson and Vince Fletcher were out in front and someone else wasn't it? And Vince, of course, had had a bit of a, an episode at the end of the race, didn't he? Was that this one and they all blew up yeah, at the end and then was, Jack and Andy came year. through? Yeah, wow, we didn't know what was going on. That was a year ago. That's a, that's a year ago. So you, you mentioned a name there, Sarah Parkinson. That's someone who we talked a lot about last year. So no sign of her this year. So whether she's pursuing other things in sport. Um, but, yeah, so a course, couple of course records. And we, I was going to mention Christy a bit later because um, in when we talked about the note from the goat, but we'll, we'll chat about her a bit later because she's back on the goat loop. But, yeah, yeah Christy's someone who's coming back into trail running after a little bit of time off, so that's exciting as well. Um, but, yeah, short course, it's always very fast out there. The, the, the damn wall makes it a quick race. And we always get some iconic photos out there as well, don't we? So, yeah, there we go. There's um, SEQ round five, Bunyaville. So what have we got left? We've got Hens Dam. We must have you and Maddox and Daisy Hill. I think and there are Daisy. three, three to go. Daisy Hill, beautiful. All right, let's change uh, change pace a little bit and let's start going round and round and round. The Dust Till Dawn, which has moved in the last couple of years from Kabulcha, the Heritage Centre up there, uh, it's now moved out to Tugulawa, and I don't actually think it was the same loop as Tugulawa last year. I think it was an out and back at Tugulawa this year, which would have made it even more tough. Um, so, yeah, the dust till dawn, there's a 12 hours or six hour. And of course, there's a few other distances in between. I think there's a marathon and 10K and things like that. But we'll just talk through the 12 and the six. Um, and then, Kyle, I want to ask you who you think, I'll give you a minute or two to think about this, who you think's got the, the distance record at the, the dust till dawn event? I'm not sure if you know who, 
Um, but I'll, I'll I reckon. Ask you I you. reckon. I do. do. You want to go now? Do you want to go now? All right. Are you? Is it Daryl Hill? It is Daryl Hill. Well done. Oh, <laughs> good ultra running knowledge. I don't know where it's all stored. It's all up in my head somewhere. Give me yeah, the distance of the it. year. Four points. Twelve hours. Oh, let's go. Twenty or eight, eighteen. Yep, twenty eighteen. Two from two. And Can I you get the distance? Ran... If you're within five kilometers, oh. I'll be happy here. Within five. I, what do you reckon? I reckon he ran one hundred and forty-two. Am I close? 143 and 160 metres. I'm giving myself a round of applause there. That's bloody good. And it's a lot further than anyone else. I mean, Dan Simmons in 2021, 131 kilometres is the next best that I could see. So that's that's an extraordinary run from Daryl Hill, isn't it? I mean, we know how good Daryl has been in the past. He's not running a huge amount at the moment, but um, that's that's 12 kilometres further than the next best. And most of the events, uh, most of the distances the last couple of years have been close to that 120. So he's, he's almost a half marathon. No, he's probably of... one of the most talented runners in southeast Queensland. And even off mm-hmm. limited training, he could go and you know beat a lot of people without doing much. So what he's done over 100Ks and you know these, that 12-hour run, you know he's got so much talent. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, and Dan Simmons there who won it last year, 131 kilometres. Again, Yandina 5.0, he's another one towing the line in the 50K at Yandina 5.0. So... Luke Davison, good result there. Dan Simmons from last year. So it's we're going to go through that in a lot more detail in the next couple of weeks. But let's go through the results from dusk till dawn. Um, again, Kyle, I'll do the females uh, if you want to go through the male. So in the um, – let's do the, the 12 hour to start with. So third place, Chris Ryan, 96 kilometres. Um, second place, Catherine Austin, 100 kilometres. That's, that's the perfect number, isn't it? You hit the 100 and then either you keep going or – well, she was 14 kilometers behind Charlotte Roberts, so I I would have I wonder if Catherine Austin just hit the hundred and went that's it, because um, I remember Ben Benin telling me that in the past he wanted to get to the hundred and then to sit down afterwards because that was enough. So not yeah, 96, 100, 114 um, for the three females there for Chris, Catherine, and and Charlotte. In the six hour, uh, Kel Connolly, 55 kilometers. Now here's an interesting. I Carl, I don't know if you've ever known anything to be as close as this. I didn't realise it was this close. Chrissy Redmond, 66 kilometres, 516 metres. Shelley Marie, 66 kilometres, 598 metres. So according to the website, there is 82 metres between first and second. That now, is a very accurate result, isn't it? How are they? Now, Shelley, well, Shelley's, Shelley's obviously she's part of the North crew, so she sent us through the photo of her winning. Um, and I didn't even think to look at the results, but that's, that's what it says on the website, that there's, there's only... 82 meters difference there. That's that's remarkable. Here's the here's the incredible thing about this. That's that's Shelley's third consecutive overall victory, not just female, but overall male and female. Three years in a row, she's won that. So that's a remarkable achievement for Shelley to win three years in a row. Um, as you can see, the males equally tight, but not as far in distance for the short course. So. Um, yeah, you want me to go, we'll go to six hour first in the male one. So we had uh, Jason Richard was third. He ran 57. Well, this was a close battle because second, yep. Kyle Hughes, 57.097. So only 97 metres between <laughs> second and third there. That's a great, that's again, close. I wonder if these yep. people knew that because I suppose on an out and back course, people are doing laps all the time. You wouldn't have a clue who's doing, who's at what distance. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if these guys knew that they were in that close of a battle after six hours um, and then Clinton McPherson's taken out the win in 60.591. Yep. Got to get the, little, the one meter in there at the end. 
yeah. uh, in the in the six hours. So well done to to the guys there. That's still good running to average that kind of six minute pace for for six hours in a row. And then in the 12 hour, there's some, again, some impressive runs here. And again, some close racing. Chris Kane was third in 116.38 kilometers. And then Abbas Suki, he ran 117.551. So again, 1.2 kilometers difference mm. over 12 hours of running is not yeah. a whole lot. Um, and then Barry Loveday, he's gone and run 125.4 to take out the win. So that's a that's a great run, and I know Barry's got a lot of experience. He's run, you know, he's represented Australia in ultra running on the road over the years, so very experienced, and has knocked off another convincing victory. So good racing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a great distance. But as I was saying in the lead up to this, when you then compare Daryl Hill's distance to that, that's an extra eighteen kilometers. That's mm. you know, that's a sizable amount, isn't it? But yeah, as you said, Barry's an experienced runner, and just talking to Ryan Crawford this morning um, for one of our athlete interviews, he was talking about how him and Barry are kind of. Working, to, working together, looking towards um, Dead Cow Gully for yeah. potentially taking down an Australian record there for the last one standing. So that's a wonderful training day for Barry, if that's what it was, um, for 12 hours there. But, yeah, the distances for the female, they seemed about the same as they have been in the past. And the males, generally, if you can get over that 100 kilometres, you're there or thereabouts, aren't you, in those races yeah. for, for top five, I guess, and, and for definitely for podium for the females. Um, I don't know if it, whether Tagulawa is going to be a regular thing now for... For the yeah, uh, the dusk sure. or dawn, um, because because the 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 um the Kabulcha Heritage Center was quite iconic, and it's got that kind of old rustic feel about it. So um, Tagulawa is a little bit different. I'm not too sure the reason for the change, but but yeah, there you go. Yeah. But well done, Kyle, for getting the um the 12 hour record for for Daryl. Very good. What else was Daryl doing in those years? It's sort of 2018, 17. So he ran. It was around the time that he because he qualified. He ran the seven hours about seven thirteen or seven hours fifteen for a hundred k on the road, which qualified him for the Australian team for the World Championships. But he didn't get to get over to that race just because of injury. So he was in that kind yeah. of that period around there. He was you know running extremely well. You know anyone that's running low seven hours for a hundred k's, you know moving <laughs> moving really really well because that's yeah. that's really fast. So he did that and then, you know, was just putting in incredible training and obviously, unfortunately, had an injury which stopped him from heading over to the world champs around that time. But then I think that was before this happened and then mm. or it might have been right around the same time. And then, you know, he's gone out and run that kind of distance for 12 hours, which is which is a great run. Have you ever raced against him in a, in a proper race? Uh, against him? I've raced with him. I did Kokoda with him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've raced against him. I don't know if I have or not. What was he? Uh, what was he like over five and ten? Was he short, short, short course? Yeah, he was fast. Well? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, good speed over kind of all distances. Again, one of those guys that's just super talented. That you know, mm. he could rock up and probably run a one k race and beat most people. He's just <laughs> like you said. You even look at his goat loop time. Like he just kind of did that off no training, and I don't even yeah. think he meant to do it. And he's fourth on the leaderboard for the goat loop. So just one of those guys that he's run a I think two twenty eight marathon in Brisbane. Yeah, yep. that was around that time as well. So you know, he was just running you know 1k to 100k he was or 12 hours yeah. he was running well around those years so super super talented yeah remarkable athlete so let's uh let's jump over now to the the brand new race from triple a racing the uh the go figure so we've got three distances here this was on today as we said these are the ones that we're kind of we've got the results page up here in front of us we're looking at the results coming through so they had the go figure which was 80 odd kilometers the half asked which i think was about 45-ish, I think, and then the Can't Be Asked is the name for the third one, um, which I think probably was in about the 20-kilometre mark, 2025. I haven't really got that here. But um, there's, at the moment, Kyle, as we stand, we're recording this at f close to 5 o'clock on the Sunday. 
Uh, we've got the results for four people who've come across in the, the go figure. And they're, they're, they're in fourth place. Can you see this? The legend of Sean Lyons is crossed the line. I've just seen that. How good yeah. is that? Well done, Sith Sean. Lord. Here's, here's the Sith Lord category. The Lord, the trip, Alan's categories, again, you talked about this, Kyle. Um, did you say you got a message from Alan about Yeah, about I, had a, I had a chat to Alan on the phone. He called up because he wanted to explain it. And he just you know, liked he that it was something a little bit different. And this was the option. And he said not many people had actually picked up on it or hadn't actually commented on it. We were the one of the first to, <laughs> to bring it to people's attention. So I love it. Like you said, it's something different. I still don't know what the ages are. So... You know, I'm assuming Sean's the oldest person to finish, judging by those age groups. But I have no idea. So, well, you, yeah, well, first, second, and third there, they're Jedi Knight and Jedi Master. Then Sean is Sith Lord. So I wonder if Sean would be older than Nolus, wouldn't he? So, yeah. So the Sith Lord must be above the Jedi Knight, and I'd say it would probably go that, wouldn't it? Jedi Knight, Sith Lord, then Jedi Master. I would imagine a Jedi Master is higher than a Sith Lord. I don't know. I don't, Are you a Star Wars fan? No, I'm definitely not. But I think well, we should I, have another in, in-depth conversation about this for another 10 minutes, Tom. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I am. I'm a very much a Star Wars geek here. So I'm well, going to say. I'll leave this up to you. What, what are your thoughts? I'm going to say Jedi Knight, then Jedi Master. Then I think Sith Lord will be higher because there's quite a few characters in Star Wars who are ancient kind of dark side of the Force Sith Lord. So I reckon that's the highest category. And I can't see any others there. Alan's so going to be loving go. how much airtime these age, <laughs> these categories are again. You're welcome, Alan. This is good. This is good airtime well, for these. See, this like is the it. thing. You, you, you put some thought behind race directors. You put some thought behind stuff like this, and we'll talk about it for as long as we can. Um, <laughs> all right. Four results in across the line. No females have come in yet, but we'll, if that happens during this podcast, we'll, we'll let you know. So currently in the, the go figure, fourth place, Legend of Sean Lyons, 11.47. Third, Stefan Kruger, 11.31. Second, Matt Grills, 11.17. And Nolas Rayart in first. Nine, well, that's quick, isn't it, Kyle? Nine hours, 49 minutes. Therefore, 80 to 85 sort of plus kilometres um, in the go figure. So it's a brand new race that he's put on the calendar this year, Alan. So he's got so many races up there. It's amazing that he gets all these people going in it, particularly at this time of year. It's pretty, it'd be pretty hot up there today. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been pretty hot. I know. Um, oh, see, now we go. Here we go, Kyle. We go down to the half-assed, and we've got now we've got some different categories. We've got the Padawan. That's got to be a young person. So Padawan has got to be I'll below Jedi. Yep. So I'm going to go Padawan, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, Sith Lord. Alan, if I'm wrong with this, Padawan's got to be young because Padawan is like that's the. What about youngest. Supreme like, Leader? We've got a Supreme Leader in the class. That's even Excellent. older again. And then we've got younglings. So that must be even younger. So I'd, you make it yep. what you will, Tom. So younglings will be under Padawan and, and Supreme Leader will be above Sith Lord. That's what I'm going with. But Alan's going to correct us on that. I'm, I'm no, waiting. I got a... that from memory. He didn't. He did go through <laughs> the categories. I've forgotten already. I'm pretty sure we've got that right. All right, Kyle, have you got um, the half-assed results yeah, there? Because most do. of those are in. I'll check the distance exactly while you're going through the results. Um, but you go through the results. So we've got, uh, we'll go through the females. So Tanya Langhorn ran 654.24. She was actually equal with Stephanie Oasis. I think I've pronounced that right. They were equal, I suppose, equal third we can give them in the females. Um, Jodie Oborn was second, 553.28. And Jacinta Bully has run 549 for first. So only four minutes between yep. Jacinta and Jodie for first and second in the ladies. In the males, uh, uh, Carl Forsey was fourth. I'm going to go through everyone that's finished. Andy Dowling was third, 601. Second uh, was Neely Ray, 
5.36. And Rob Belly has run five flat in 20 seconds. Oh, Rob. I do know Rob. <laughs> I've met Rob a few times. And 20 seconds. I wonder if that was a sprint finish to get the sub five. So that's for 40K on the website here, the half ass 40 kilometres. Yep. And then the can't be asked, 26 kilometres. Um, uh, so let's have a look at the results for the can't be asked. You go through that one for us, Kyle, if you've got it there. Brian Wilder, no. top of the list, Sith yeah. Lord. There we go. <laughs> that was, so that's the 50 to 59, obviously. We've worked that out. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he took out the win in 2.28. Ryan Bennett, friend of ours, he ran 2.53 for second. And Arnstein Pritz has run 3 35 so that's the supreme leader so that's one that we haven't yep. seen before so i don't know if that's older but he's run 335 for third uh females we've got louise weaver ran 501 for third Haley uh halfham has run 436 for second and susan jones 359 22 has taken out the win yep so Arnstein then in third supreme leader so if so, we, we, so what are we saying here? So the categories we go younglings, then we go Padawan, then Jedi Knight, then Jedi Master, then Sith Lord, and then Supreme Leader. That's that's the order that I think it's going to be, because there's only one Supreme Leader there. So you'd imagine Arnstein maybe is he? He's fifty five plus maybe. Maybe that's the category. No idea. No idea, Tom. <laughs> you know how much I love age group categories as it is. <laughs> that's right. So Carl, well, you need to do some Star Wars. Um, research here i thought you'd be into star wars i didn't i didn't realize you were a non-star wars person oh, is it, maybe one day maybe i'll get into it, it one day what's the reason behind it is it what surely being a man of science you'd love star wars because it's all based well, on you would... irrefutable science isn't it definitely of course, this is of all, course. This is all happening. <laughs> no, just never have don't know don't know don't have an answer for that one that might be something <laughs> that i have to do in the next few weeks well you've got to put a fair bit of time away in your life now because we've had a, a, a lot of movies and there's more coming um <laughs> All right, so yeah, so we'll we'll update you if anything comes in from the the go figure. But as you said, that's that's quite a long distance race, and still only four people crossing the line there. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'd be interested to know from Alan as well the the name, the naming of it, what, what the go figure is all about, why that's come about. Um, it says here starting and finishing at base camp, Jimna, the go figure traverses 50 miles on the western side of the Conadale Range. Um, so it is a fair way out. It's 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 trails that most people would not have raced um, or even been anywhere close to. So a brand new race for people. If they want to cook themselves in the heat of Queensland, why not get out there and, uh, and do it? So uh, there we go. All right, Kyle, let's, let's jump over from uh, formal racing to informal stuff. Note from the goat. Here we go. Uh, the bingo, which we've been talking about has, has taken Narang by storm. We've had quite a few people messaging us and videos coming through uh, and photos and 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 we did think this was going to happen, which is why we put bingo close to the end of this podcast episode. Because Kyle, you've just shown me the phone there, haven't you? So live from <laughs> live from the Goat Loop, or live from Narang, not even the Goat Loop, but live from Narang. Uh, so I'm going to hold this up to the camera here. There we go. Yes. Talk us through what I, the picture that I'm showing here, Kyle. So what is this all about? Ben, now, sorry, Ben has sent a photo through to us just a few minutes ago of him standing with who we are going to presume is Roy yeah. with his bike in the car park saying that he has just explained the racing news bingo to Roy. So Roy probably knows why everyone's been trying to get photos of him in the last week. Yeah. Is that who we, is that, that's not who I thought Roy was. Oh, isn't it? Interesting. No, well, I, that looks like definitely not the grumpy guy that I've seen. He looks very kind, the person that's in this, in this photo. Oh, right. But anyway, 
We will, there might be multiple Roys. That could be part of the game. Well, that's definitely the same person that we've got a, a little image yes. of on the bingo board. So that's that's Roy as we think it's Roy. Um, Mel Haley, I think, took the photo of the bingo yes. round where she took a selfie on pretty much with the camera facing towards the velodrome and just happened to snap Roy as he went yes. through the field of view. So I would imagine Mel's probably had a finger on the shutter butter button there <laughs> and just got as many photos as possible and taken the one with Roy in. So Mel takes the prize for um, most creative photo. Ben certainly gets the award for the most personal photo there. Uh, how, how do you explain Narang Bingo to someone like we're gonna Roy? Have to get, just... We're going to have to get him on at some point, Penny, to tell him tell us how this conversation started and how it went because I think that would be quite entertaining. We'll have to put so, this photo up later on later on tonight so, for people to see. Yeah, so as it stands, Narang Bingo has been completed by Ben. He did say to me on the phone, though, a massive advantage because he was the free square in the middle. Um, so we're now sort of in the process of developing a, a, a medium level. Keep going with the easy one. If you're still doing it, definitely cross all those off. But once you do that, we can give you the medium level. Uh, ben Deneen will not be the centre figure. We have to come up with who the centre figure might be. But So the medium level will be a bit trickier and a bit harder. Um, Narang Waterfalls has seen a fair bit of work recently. Um, uh, I've seen a couple of photos from the top of the goat loop with the bikes couple with Roy. Uh, the kangaroos have been elusive. Not too many photos of those, but that's obviously uh, an honesty system. Nothing, I haven't seen a photo of the gnome tree or anything, but, yep, there we go. So, Kyle, what, what else has been happening on the on the goat loop? Anything that you've, that, that that's come about I, that you've spotted? Look, I did have a – I had another look through today. People know I, I love my numbers and tracking the goat loop stats. I've had another yep. kind of go through this morning to see where we're up to with everything. So we're up over 6,500 loops. We've also had now 634 different people run the goat loop. And yep. those numbers have been pretty much following each other, basically a tenth of number of loops as to number of people that have run it that's been following each other. And I'm going to go through again because I love these numbers. I've been tracking these. I need to go back and listen to the episode probably 18 months ago where I first said it. And I gave everyone what it took to get in the top 10 front page on Strava, top 50, 100. Yep. And I'm just going to go through a couple of numbers because it's getting super competitive to get into even like the top 200, 250 now is getting relatively quick. But I'm going to go through. So currently, if people are looking to move themselves up the Goat Loop leaderboard, top 10, 28.35. Yep. We've got 19 people sub 30. So that was one of my predictions for the year. We need another six to go sub 30 who haven't done it. And that yep. will get us front page sub 30. So to get on the front page currently, is 31.23, and Zach Harris has currently snagged that 25th spot. So he will be nervously, I'm assuming, every day looking at the Goat yep. leaderboard, trying to work out who's going to potentially knock him back a page. Top 50, 33.12. Top 100, 37.20. That's dropped significantly. I felt like that was over yeah. 40 last year. Uh, top 200, 41.45. The top 250 is 44.21. 300, 46.41. The top 400. 50-43, top 500, 57-28. We currently have 531 people have broken one hour. So there's wow. my stats There's my stats for the month on the goat loop. So, again, I'm just looking to push all of these numbers higher as we go on, but it's getting competitive. Top 137-20 now. We've got 100 people, 37-20 or under. So That's brilliant, getting, isn't it? It's getting very, very competitive. So you mentioned as well that the goat loop birthday, did you say, is that the 12th of March? Did you say it was the no, 12th? I think it's a bit earlier. Is so, it? Ooh, I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to go back and check that because I haven't haven't put it in my calendar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Monday. Didn't we say it was, it was a Sunday? No, no, it was a Sunday. It was definitely a weekend. Uh, 13th then. 13th. Sunday the 13th. Oh, 
that's that's in the raw weekend. So people, you're going to have to race in oh. the raw in the morning. Get out for the goat loop birthday in oh, the no. afternoon. Um, I, I tell you, what, I might even this is not official, but I might even head out there after lunch for people who want to do a double, do the in the raw in the morning. Head out to the goat loop, have a bit of a birthday run. Sunday afternoon goat loop. Um, yeah, get dressed up, put a party hat on, uh, bring some cake. <laughs> Whatever, whatever you normally do for a birthday, make it environmentally friendly. So none of those streamers and balloons going everywhere. But um, it'd be great to see people, wouldn't it, running a, running a, a loop with some sort of birthday attire. No, no birthday suits. If you know what a oh, birthday suit on, is, surely, all about. <laughs> surely that would be the you're most not entertaining to, we can have. You're not allowed. Well, you can after dark, but that's your that's your own risk to do that. Um, so other things, Kyle, um, I found interesting as well. So our local legend, uh, as I saw this morning, is Brad Glover. Fifty-one efforts uh, in ninety days. I'm not sure. What, what's the highest you've seen that? Was it when Vince? No, it was when uh, Peter was doing his loops. How high it? has it got? Has it got I thought he was 70s? at like, yeah, I thought he was like 80 or something. Maybe I'm mistaken yeah. there. I'm pretty sure it was very high. It was in the 80s maybe. Well, Brad Glover has it at the moment, 51 efforts. Currently, Kyle, I'm sitting on 117 for personal tally. So I'm just widening Ooh, the gap between me and you there, which is growing good. significantly. Um, the, as I said earlier today in this podcast, the interesting one that I found great was the return of christy windmill i think she'd done the first yes. her first goat loop in 16 months or something like that um so great to see a former crown holder uh was she the crown holder before really yes yeah so has, has there only been three has it been alana christy yeah. rinny so only three yeah. females so great to see christy come back um onto the goat loop i also had a look at the the front page kyle the fastest 25 can have you got that there the fastest 25 on your page can you have a look at it for me am i right time. am i right in saying that only six of those times are within either 2021 or 2022 i could not tell you because it is not in front of me let's right. go with so, yes so but that i'm going to explain why i think that's interesting so out of 25 times only six of them have been done in the last 12 months or 14 months so we're now looking at the chances of you making the top 25. That page is becoming quite difficult, isn't it? It's not happening all the time. A lot of them happened in the year 2020 when we had a lot of people attempting the goat loop, but there's been fewer and fewer people getting onto that front page. So getting on that front page now is a lot more difficult. Um, some of the times go back as far as 2017, 2018. Mine's from 2019. When's your fastest from? Uh, no, I think it was recently. I think mine was 20. 2020 maybe is it yeah yeah i think well, i should not, have it on 2020 that's, 2020 that's, that's not as recent as you think kyle that's 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 two years, ago, two years so. and a few months that's true so yeah. i think mine i think mine kyle is mine 2018 or 2019 i think it's 2019 isn't it uh i can't tell you off the top of my head because i need to get it up in front of me here we go right. i've think, got it right here i think if it's 2019 no my phone's not logged in couldn't tell you have to go look at it Hang on. I've got Let's it. assume it's 20, 2019. I don't have it open in front of me. So August 2019. So that means I'm coming up to three years this August, which that's starting to be a bit out of date, isn't it? Like it's almost yeah, like probably, um, I'm pretty close to going a flag in your run, to be honest. And then we'll just well, move on. This is the thing I was I was contemplating today. Is there a sort of a date of expiry? Is there an expiry date on, you know, how long can you claim a goat loop as, as being your, I oh know it's, it's your personal best forever, but how long before someone says, you know what, you can't keep talking about that. You've got to go out and do something again now. I'd, I'd say three years is probably your max. Well, it's the same as what would you say your, your park run PB is? How far can you go back for that? <laughs> same rule. 
Yeah, same rule. So maybe three years. I'm, I'm saying three years off the top of my head. That's the uh, statute of limitations. So statute of limitations. Um, all right. So anything else from the goat loop, Kyle? We said the birthday is that weekend of the 12th, 13th. We'd love people to go out there and do a, a goat loop uh, for the goat loop birthday, which we're coming up to many, many years of goat loop fun now. Bingo has been done for the first by the first person, Ben Deneen, so that he's going to get the medium level sent out to him. Uh, but everyone else, when you finish the easy level, let us know and we'll, we'll send it out to you. Um, but, Kyle, the other big thing we talked about in the last podcast was from uh, Ultra Trail, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc, the, uh, the organisation who backs UTA and Tarawera. And we talked a little bit about the third instalment in Oceana, which they threw as a bit of a curveball by saying Oceana. They should have said Australia. So you were spot on, Carl. Kosciuszko, what do you think? Yeah. What were your first thoughts? Well, I can't say I was excited as I thought it was going to be because that was my guess. That was the thing I thought it was going to be. So but that's the I one you wanted. just confirmed. It was. So I suppose we said last time, am I going to be excited about that? Yeah, I think it's an exciting race. I think, like you said, if we look at pros and cons, I think the one thing that I was kind of excited for out of this race was that it was probably going to be a big event that everyone was yep. going to go to. And obviously just given where it's going to be at. I'm assuming it's going to be Threadbow. I don't think they've actually announced where it is yet. I don't know, but that's just what yeah. the UTMB post said. Um, they're obviously capped fairly significantly in numbers. I think the total numbers for the event won't be too high. I don't know if they've officially announced what the cap's going to be, but I think it'll be pretty hot property to get a ticket. Mm. Um, so obviously there'll be a lot of people vying for those entries straight away. And I'm assuming it's just a first in best dress type process, not a lottery, but I don't know. Well, I'm assuming we'll find that out in the next few weeks. But I think... The course-wise, I think it's going to be quite scenic. Again, it's an area I haven't really run, so I think that's kind of exciting. That's a you know, there's always has been other races down around that area as well. So this will be the first big race that's kind of been down there. Um, and I'm from what I can gather on the website, I think it will pass over the top of Kosciuszko. I think that's kind of what they were implying by what they've said on the website. I'm not too sure, but that's a you know, to hit the highest point in Australia is fairly. That's a cool little feature that not many other races have. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think overall it's going to be exciting and. Nice to see a hundred mile, another hundred, big hundred miler in Australia. So, yeah, well, let me throw, let, be a good event. Let me throw a couple of concepts or topics towards you, and you tell me whether you think it's a positive or a negative. First of all, time of year, December, middle of December, big positive, positive or negative? Big, big positive. positive. Why is that? Why is yeah, that? I think there's been a lot of people pushing back on the time, the time of it, but there's nothing else on. It's perfect. Like, if where else are you going to put it in the year? It's just going to clash mm. with other things. And that was one thing I was thinking recently. It's just there's so many races, especially up here in Queensland, that all the fields just get diluted and everyone's kind of spread across all these different events. And there's just not that much on in December, which I think is perfect. And, you know, weather-wise, you know, obviously you can get you can get your, you know, random hot day down there. But, you know, if you look at what the temperature's like down on Mount Kosciuszko at the moment, it's freezing. So yeah. I think temperature-wise, it could potentially be quite nice as well. It's high altitude, so not too well, as high altitude yep. as we've got in Australia. It's not going to be too humid. I think it could be quite a nice time of year to run up there as mm. well. And obviously, they're not going to put it on in the middle of winter because it'll be covered in snow. So they'll, I think they'll fairly limited in, in when they're going to be able to put it on anyway. But yep. I like it. I like it. Week before Christmas, you know, everyone's kind of on holidays anyway. And, you know, at the end of the day, such limited numbers that they're going to sell it out anyway. So I don't think it matters that there'll be a few people yeah. that can't get down around Christmas because they so have a, plenty of people vying for those tickets anyway. So that's that's a yes for time of year. And you've answered my next one here, which was weather. So you're going yes for weather. Because I think we looked yeah. it up. It's about a maximum of 14 degrees at the moment there, or it is in December, yeah. which is just sweet, isn't it? That's perfect. 
Yeah, and I think from what people said, like you can get your odd really hot day down there and really hot summers down there as well. So you know, it it could very well be thirty five or forty degrees down in the in the valleys. I have no idea, but I think it's got the potential to be cool. So hopefully, you know, and it might be good that we could have a race where you could be planning for a forty degree dry hot day in mm. the Alpine, or it could be you know potentially minus two and you could be hypothermic. So yeah, what a fun what a fun event to train for. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to do these events. Remember, when you get a ticket, you chose to get to do the That's ticket. That's right. Um, here we go. So likelihood of getting a ticket, do you think if you compare it to Tarawera UTA, is this a positive or a negative? No, I think like I think that just the numbers overall and your ability to get a ticket's a negative. I kind of hoped that it was going to be a big event. Um, but as I was saying to some people, I think we're kind of spoiled here because I know it wide enough, it's still the case, but UTA was behind UTMB, I think was the second biggest trail race by numbers for a whole event for a couple of years. So I think mm. you know, we're kind of spoiled having UTA in such a big event for us to do because not many of the other big trail races around the world are as big as what UTA is. So yeah. I think 1500 is still a decent size as far as what UTMB would consider big numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I kind of was hoping that it was going to be a, you know, in a location, and I almost would have rather than potentially sacrifice location to be able to cater for big numbers in the thousands and put on a really big event. But mm. again, if the course is as good as you know what they're saying it's going to be, then that might that might make up for the slightly smaller field sizes. Yep. Um, the fact that we have a miler option good. in Australia, I think that's a positive. I think like there's obviously you know a few years ago there wasn't that many, but we've got quite a few now as well. Mm. Um, I, they were they were always going to do it, and it's it's another one now that they've got you know a hundred mile or a hundred k, a fifty k, and a twenty five, but limited cap numbers. Like I feel like that's going to dilute the fields. Like I'd almost would have rather them say, okay, we're doing a hundred mile or a fifty k, and mm. the caps this, we're going to have big competitive fields, and that's it. Whereas having a hundred k and a hundred miler, whether that'll dilute it potentially, I don't know if they're going to have caps for each race or whether it's just this many entries into whatever race you want. I don't know how they're going to mm. work that, but I think it's good, but four different distances with limited numbers on the whole event kind of will potentially take away from, from that. But yeah. I don't, you know, how many people are going to willingly put their hand up for a, a hundred mile race the week before Christmas? I don't know. Cause they're going to have to train in the rest of Australia through summer, which is going to make it hot. So we'll see. So is the reason for that, do you think for direct entry into you know, the points in the classification to get to UTMB and the races over there? Do you think, is that the only reason they're having it? I think so. I, you know, you look at probably, and <laughs> some people have been very vocal about what UTMB have done with these races, but it's almost just a way to buy your way into UTMB. I think some of the races they've put on. So I think there's a little bit yeah. of that, which you know, turns a lot of people off some of these events. They'd rather just go to your, your low key grassroots trail running events and not worry about the big corporate events that are just getting put on to, to build numbers for other big brands, which is sometimes mm. what these events are. But, you know, if they put on a good quality event, it's on an amazing course and people are going to go and enjoy the race. It's yeah, it's an interesting point, isn't it? About about the the practicality between between having a hundred kilometer race and having a, a miler here in Australia, because we don't go with fifty mile, hundred mile, do we? Really, we're fifty k, hundred k, and like you said, how, how many people are going to sign up for the the miler in comparison to how many are going to want to do the the hundred kilometer? It, it might it might have been made more sense to have a fifty mile and a hundred mile rather than having a fifty kilometer and a hundred and a hundred miler. So it'd, it'd be terrible, wouldn't it? If the, if the hundred miler didn't sell out and the hundred kilometer sold out and people are trying to get a hundred K ticket and they can't, you know, like yeah. you said, we don't, we don't know the dis- distribution of tickets and things like that, but um, look, having an official miler course in this country is, is pretty awesome. Um, and accommodation, what do you think? Positive or negative? 
the massive negative. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any <laughs> argument with that. I think like it, it's it'll be a positive for the people there because I'm hoping that they're going to start it kind of right out of the middle of it's a ski village, so it's right mm. on top of the trail. So in that sense, that's a positive. It's just the size and the numbers that they'll be able to cater for kind of becomes a negative because yeah. it's just going to limit accommodation and you know everyone's just going to put prices up and you know that I don't think that's ideal. You look at something like Katoomba, which is a much bigger city with surrounding cities, and it's already bursting with something like UTA. And I'd say that's probably the big reason they've had to cap numbers was just they weren't able to cater for any more people than that and their families if they're coming up to the ski fields. So mm. in that sense, it's probably a negative, but good for the people that are there. Have you been to Threadbow recently as an, as an adult? Not recently, no, not since no. I was younger. So I can't remember it either. And I'm, I mean, in my head kind of when I heard this, I was thinking wouldn't it be great if if it's a chalet type of village similar to Chamonix and the finish line is similar to that, that you come into the village. Well, I'd say, I'd say it will be. I'd say that's exactly yeah. what it's going to be. It's just that it's not as big as Chamonix Threadbow, yeah. if that's where it is, that's all. But I think it'll have that same feel, just not the same you know, size and crowd numbers. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's better than climbing stairs like UTA or finishing in a hall like at Tarawera, uh, if we can come <laughs> into some European-looking Alpine village, which would be great with all the cowbells ringing, that'd be awesome. So... Yeah, they've, they've announced no time, have they, for tickets when it's coming out. I don't think the course sure, is even yeah. out yet, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see what they come up with in terms of vertical as well. Um, all right, Kyle. So let's let's look ahead then uh, to the next next fortnight that's coming out. As we said, Hens Dam is next weekend. It'll be interesting to see who turns up there. Whether Brian's going to go out, whether um, whether Murphy will be there in the females and Alana, and whether Jack will be there as the four leaders in the the four age categories um so with that's so we got that coming up um we've also got a race up at toowoomba which is peak to park at toowoomba um seq you and maddock is coming up on the sixth as well so the, the pretty much the next fortnight seems to be short course and of course then we're looking later in in march aren't we towards in the raw uh which is the old up up the buff concept um and of course we've got the yandina 50 and the noosa ultra trail as well so it's we said in the last podcast march really gets everything going it, the races really start to come thick and fast and we look through april then there's almost one every single weekend and obviously may is jam-packed as well so people february is a really key training month for people isn't it to 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 make or break if you're going to uta uh that's you know you, march is a really key month for people if you're if you're training for the gold coast marathon you're starting to guess to build into through march um obviously if tarawera now you'd be relaxing because it should be over but uh, but it wasn't so yeah um but yeah so not a huge amount coming up in terms of ultras but a lot of short distance happening um but what about you Kyle what what's you said you're looking for a race so if the race doesn't happen what do you what do you do then in the next fortnight yeah and I'm I'm always more keen for a race and we didn't talk about it too much because again it's not necessarily the the stuff that's happening locally but I watched a few track races last night with a lot of southeast Queensland runners running across New South Wales 5k champs in the 5k in Adelaide and also, I'm just super motivated to race. And it was just, yeah. as soon as I saw that, I was like, I need to look for races and find things. So, yeah, that was, I suppose we didn't even talk about it. But in that one at Adelaide, they had 14 guys run sub 14 minutes in that race, which is just as far as Australian run distance running. That shows the depth we've currently got. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. There was a handful of guys not there as well. So, you know, that probably shows that there's, you know, 25 guys currently in Australia running sub 14 minutes for 5K, if not probably more, um, mm-hmm. which is just just amazing. So, yeah, that kind of motivated me to find some races. So I'm going to be on the lookout the next few days and work out what I'm going to do. If I can find a race, I may jump in something on the roads. Potentially a 10K would be nice. 
If not, I think we're going to potentially try and plan to have a little bit of a hit ourselves over the next month just to break the training block up and do that little hard effort. Um, mm. But again, we'll, we'll see what comes up. Otherwise, it's just going to be another couple of weeks of building into kind of some bigger marathon sessions. I've been kind of planning out my next six weeks of what sessions I want to aim to hit if everything's going nicely. So there's some some juicy sessions coming up in the next six weeks that I'm I'm looking forward to. So people will see them probably popping up on, on Friday mornings over the next six weeks. Is it excitement or is it nerves now as you head into this this period of time? Because th- this is this is a it's a wonderful time, but it's a dangerous time, isn't it? As well, because you're starting to feel the the wrapping of yourself in cotton wool and bubble wrap and protecting yourself a bit. Is there a, is there a chance that people protect too much here? In a sense, I, I don't think I'm worried too much about that. I'm not that stressed about it like i've you know i've spoken about this so many times in this podcast i'm you know if this race goes well it just makes me excited for the next five or ten years like i there's not that much riding on this race i know these times will come in the next few years regardless so i'm just looking forward to getting back into a good training block i love kind of these long runs and these big marathon sessions they're my favorite stuff to do so i'm Mm. looking forward to getting into this next six weeks of of some big runs and some big training sessions and getting then onto the rest start line because i feel like the next probably a few weeks there's a few more local races popping up that i would i'd kind of love to be on the start line of this is when these races pop up that i go you know my head's telling me no focus on canberra do your sessions and then my ego's going <laughs> oh, jump in the race jump in and race everyone i saw all the boys going out and doing you know in the raw course records yeah. this morning and, and getting out there which gets me a little bit excited but so what's the date for canberra canberra's the, the, 10th, the 10th of april well, I mean, after that, Kyle, you've got you got the GC Running Festival, which is on the 24th of April. You've then got uh, – well, we haven't chosen – here's one. We haven't chosen the date for the North 5K Club Championships yet either. Um, early in May, you've got the Hamilton Hilly Half. You've got the Morton Bay Road Running Festival, Glasshouse 50, the Cooks Tour. So once you recover, there's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot of stuff that you can get yeah, in. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll be very nervous booking any races in May, knowing that this baby's due on the 1st of June. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'll be venturing too far from home come, That's true. come May. I'll be, I'll be hanging around home. But look, at the end very of the day, I, if, if the opportunity pops up to race soon, I'll jump in. If not, just training. Yeah. What about you? What do you got coming up in the next few weeks? Uh, so again, as I said earlier, it's, it's, it's really patience time again, making sure that I don't go too hard, whatever you guys do on Tuesday, I think I'll just do a a modified version of that session. Um, it's so tempting to jump in and do some sort of tempo with you guys on a Friday, again, modified, but I think I said to you on Friday, I don't, I want to do it, but I don't need to do it. And I probably shouldn't do it at the moment. Um, so next weekend, yeah, as I said, that's hens dam. So I'll, I'll take it pretty easy there, hopefully. And just try and have another week where I can do a few more Ks and and have another good week where I where the ankle holds itself up and my calves hold up and things like that. And I feel if I can get into March, then I'm I'm pretty much good to go. I can start to be a bit more not not risky. Risky is probably the wrong word, but just a bit more aggressive in your training and start to push a bit more. So, um, but I just wanted to mention Kyle. So um, for those of you who are Patreon subscription or subscribers, so I just spoke to Ryan Crawford this morning, and that's going to be coming out in a week's time. Ryan Crawford is, of course, so famous here in Southeast Queensland for last one standing um, for the dust till dawn, for the butter 48, um, and particularly, probably mostly, for his course record at the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail last year where he broke the Australian record and he ran five and a half hours quicker than he did the previous year for 200 mile. Um, So I chatted to him this morning. So our Patreon basically is to get access to those interviews and to get access to Kyle's coaching. it's, It's $10 a month to get onto Patreon um, for one of the levels, and that gets you all the interviews. We've talked to Risha Lewis. We've talked to um, 
Nick Bamford, we've talked to Ryan Crawford, and we've chatted to Ben Deneen about the building of the goat loop. Kyle, you've done your chats about um, training, about long run and about um, training at a low heart rate and also about hill running. So, yeah, head over to Patreon if you if you want to support us and you get some value from the show and you, you want to um, get a bit more content because the interviews we have with these people, I think, are just fascinating. And the one I got from Ryan this morning, like the strength of the guy mentally is just amazing. Um, I did actually watch, there's a little documentary that's come out about him in the last week. Um, I can't remember exactly what the documentary is called, but have a look at it on YouTube. It follows him basically at BVRT in 2020, the first time he did the 200 mile and also at one of the last ones standings. He's a remarkable athlete, but remarkably focused and determined. And you see the value, particularly in the longer distances of, of mental strength and you have to be physically strong as an athlete, but your mental strength is just extraordinary. So, yeah, that'll be coming out on Patreon in a week's time. So um, if you want to get hold of that, jump over, subscribe, and those things will come through. So, uh, but, yeah, Kyle, that's it. That's about it, really, um, for this episode. We've gone through a lot. We've bounced through a lot. We've talked a bit about Star Wars. Um, we've talked about age group categories. It's great radio talking about those age group categories. We're going to bring those up as often as we can. It's good. I think so. Um, and I guess we're, we're, everyone's sort of looking forward now to in the raw coming up, as we said, and you know, the Andina 5 0 on the Noosa Trail as well, which are new races. So, yep, mate, have a wonderful fortnight. Don't push us too hard this coming Tuesday. Um, uh, never, I wouldn't do such a thing. I know you, I know you've probably got the session there in your mind, and you know, you're gleefully looking forward to it. I don't know, I don't bad. know, you'll be fine. It's not too bad. You'll, you can jump in on, on Tuesday, it's not too bad. I don't know how you write a session and you're able to drive to the session knowing what the session is because there's something amazing about not knowing what's coming. <laughs> so go go easy on us. Always. All right, mate. Thanks again. Take care. I'll see everyone in a couple of weeks' time. See ya. <laughs>